It's an era of change, of ideals and cultures constantly colliding. We need brave people who will find the way of hope in the chaos, who will elevate truth in their speech and activate reform in their lives. Lee Sloan welcomes you to this Brave Nation. Well, welcome, Brave Nation. I am excited to be back with you. I know it's been a while. I've been super busy working on some things. And one of the things I've been busy with is my guest that I have here today with me. I'm super excited to introduce her to you. I think she might have been on podcast one time before, but her name is Stephanie Taylor. And, you know, we got involved in the political sphere, I guess you would say, um, a few years ago when my husband ran for state house over here in Alaska. And um, we just realized, wow, there was no one really stepping up to to get involved. And so we just got involved together. I roped her into a few things. And then um, just I knew that she would be a great candidate someday if she ever wanted to. And and I wasn't sure if she would, honestly. And then um, it just so happens that this season she is running in our local government. And so I'm super I was so excited about her race that I actually jumped in to help her. So I'm I'm working as her campaign manager. That's why I've been so busy and apologize for not getting more podcasts up. But I wanted to bring her on to our Brave Nation family and to to get to know her a little bit better today. So, Stephanie, welcome. Thank you, Lee. This is exciting. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And what I love about Stephanie is she really she's really um, consistent with her beliefs and she is a Christian. She's a believer. And she really cares about that part of her life. She doesn't just, you know, put it off to the side to go pursue politics. It's really a response, I think, to the conviction of your heart. So tell me, like, tell us how you you came upon feeling called to do this and and yeah, how the Lord moved you in that way. Well, I have had in the back of my mind a desire to run for assembly for quite a number of years. Um, it wasn't anything that I ever verbalized to anyone for a long time. Um, but I was never really interested in anything on the state level, but really just locally here. And But it was never a time in my life when I could do it. I have five children. We have homeschooled all the way through. Our oldest is 29 and our youngest is 17. So we are in our very last year. It's been 26 years of homeschooling. So I've been very occupied with that. And then I've also been doing a number of different volunteer tasks over the years. Um, and I've gotten involved in political things through my volunteering. Uh, I would say a lot of it was born out of our involvement with Team Pact Leadership Schools. Um, Team Pact is a national organization. They have states in all 50 classes now. They teach students to value their liberty, understand the political process, engage the culture, and defend their Christian faith at a time in their lives when typically they don't care about such things. Team Pact uh, started in 1994, excuse me, and they came to Alaska in 2006. And so our family has been involved with Team Pact every year since it came to Alaska. All of our children have gone through the program and all of them have staffed um, in, on one level or another. So we have, um, it's just been a part of our lives for most of, most of my son's life. My youngest, he is 17. So he was born in 2004. So um, it's been a part of his life, his entire life. Um, our, our son, David, who is 23, um, when he finally stepped away from Team Pact um, a couple of years ago, he had been in it for more than half of his life. So it's had a big impact on our family. And I think it was through some of the things that they taught our children 
that really convicted me and encouraged me to get more involved in the political process locally um, and seeing how it impacted our kids and kind of um, planted a seed and a passion and um, just it gave them some direction and uh, one of my sons got really involved in political things. So it's been a long journey. And um, most recently I was the state coordinator for Alaska for Team Pact for the last four years. And um, I was also doing a lot of volunteer work. And so when I was doing that, I had to be careful Team Pact is nonpartisan. So um, I had to be careful to take off my Team Pact hat when I was doing something political and vice versa. Um, and working on campaigns, I have been asked to run for things um, a number of times in the last five or six years, and it was just never the right time for us. But um, watching the decline in our city, um, we had some pretty restrictive policies regarding COVID, and it really decimated our city in a lot of ways. Um, it also created a lot of division, and um, it's just, it's not been a, a good environment, and people are really upset about the changes that it has brought in, in a negative way. So after watching that, I was involved in our most recent um, mayor's race in working on um, our now mayor, his campaign, and talking with him throughout the campaign. Um, we have a very liberal assembly. There are 11 members and nine tend to be very liberal and vote as a, almost like a, I don't know what you call it, but they vote together. So they have managed to um, bring about a lot of change that is not reflective of our community because um, our community is not that liberal. But I think people were not paying attention. I don't think people understood the importance of local politics. Um, when I was working on the 2020 campaign, I learned that, well, I was an election watcher and an observer at the polls and then watching them count the ballots. And one of the things I learned was that you can register to vote for president on election day. And I think that speaks to how much importance people place on national elections, but it really should be the other way around because yes, our presidential elections are super important, but the impact that they have on our lives is not nearly as significant as what our local leaders are doing and deciding. They are making the decisions that affect our everyday lives. So Realizing that, and I have always, I don't know how many years we've done this. I have a, a small group of friends, women, and we would meet every year in March. Uh, we had a birthday to celebrate, but we would also use that time to go over the municipal ballot and share what we knew about political candidates because municipal elections in Alaska, they are in, um, in April. And that was changed about 20 years ago by our assembly. Um, we always have very low voter turnout. And because municipal races are nonpartisan, it can be very hard to get information about the candidates. Um, and so we would meet to share our knowledge about the candidates, about the bond issues, and all of those things so that we were educated and we knew who we were voting for and why. Um, and in fact, school board seats are have always been something that I'm a little passionate about because they are the hardest to find information about those candidates and they have such a tremendous amount of influence and power. When you look at the decisions that they make that involve so many children, um, generations of children at times, 
Um, and they can make decisions, you know, they make decisions about curricula and policies within the schools that can affect kids for a generation. Mm-hmm. I had a friend in college who, um, when she was um, coming up in school, she was in, you know, first grader learning to read, their school district had a policy. They did not use phonics. They used, I believe it was whole word reading language. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And so she never learned phonics and she couldn't sound out words. I mean, this was in college and she was going um, for her teaching degree. So she had to kind of go back and relearn things that she had been taught incorrectly. And that is like one of those school board decisions that they make, they come up with these great ideas They're trying these new things and then they don't work. And you've got a whole class, who knows how many, you know, for years Mm -hmm. who have been taught inappropriately and and not really learned what they needed to learn. Mm -hmm. And then when you think about the money that school boards control, um, our school district, um, this year, I believe the budget they're asking for is like $900 million. That's almost a billion dollars. And there's very little accountability. They are pretty autonomous in the decisions that they make. So those seats and those elections are critically important. And unfortunately, people don't realize that. And they don't really study it and know who they're voting for or why. So it was kind of through all of that um, that I started to feel like it was really time for me to step out of the boat. Things in my own life had changed. Um, My mother passed away about a year ago. um, And so I didn't have that responsibility um, of helping care for her and my mother-in-law as well. And then our son was going to be a senior in high school. So even though he's still homeschooling, um, he's pretty independent. Mm -hmm. So it was a time when I could run. Mm -hmm. Um, I was asked to run and you know, when you think about running a campaign, it's like, where do you start? It's a, it's a daunting task for somebody who's never entered that world. Mm -hmm. Being a volunteer is one thing. Being (laughs) a candidate is completely different. Right. And um, so when I was asked to run, I was told that I would have some help. And, and that, that team has really helped, helped get my campaign established. Um, All the hard stuff, like my messaging and, um, you know, the kind of the groundwork. Mm -hmm. And then of course, Lee came in in October as my um, campaign manager. So helped me get more boots on the ground and really got things off and running. So it was just, I couldn't say no any longer. It was sort of like the Lord had just answered all of these requests provided Mm -hmm. for all of these areas. And I had no excuse. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was time to step out. We talked with our family and and my husband and I decided it was time. And we really have to have Christians in these leadership positions yeah. because they are making decisions that affect everyone. And I think as a Christian, you know, we are, we're, we're commanded to love our neighbor and to look out for one another and all of these things. And, um, you know, understanding the value of everyone's life. Mm-hmm. So we need people in leadership that that get that. And, yeah. and we just haven't had that. Right. So um, that's why I'm running. I just felt like it was, I couldn't, I, I had no reason not to anymore. Yeah. And honestly, scariest thing I've ever done, mm-hmm. but the most exciting, most biggest adventure I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I have no regrets. It's, you know, it's been a great yeah. journey. It's interesting. Cause it's like the people who you, who shouldn't be running, you know, the people who are doing it for the wrong reasons get more out of it. It seems like they're doing it for selfish reasons, but if you, if you're doing it for really good reasons, it's a real sacrifice. 
Yeah. Right. Because it's like, oh, it yeah. takes away from your family. It takes away from even sometimes your finances and your, um, yeah, just what you want out of life, but yet you're doing it because you're looking at your community and you're saying this has to change. Like, and, right. I, have and I can serve, that. I can serve. Yes. Yeah. And I want to be a good steward of everything that I've been given, yeah. you know, in terms of the freedoms and the rights and the privileges of being in this country mm-hmm. and in this state but also the things that people are doing to help me being mm-hmm. a good steward of their money, their time, their energy, because we have amazing volunteers mm-hmm. um, and, and the Lord has just provided over and over and over and covered me. I and I think the me. one reason is because you've been a servant like for 50 years in your community and, and people see that and that you've sown that service into your, your community. And I think it's just, you're just reaping the, the natural result of that. And I've, I know the Lord's blessing is on this, but I also know that it's been like, I don't, I don't know many leaders who serve like you do that I've seen serve, like you served our campaign and, and everything else. Um, so, so yeah, that servant leadership, I think is so rare in the world. And they, they, a lot of people don't believe it. They don't know you. They're like, oh yeah, right. Whatever. You know, she's probably in it for whatever, but, um, but anyone who knows her knows that. And that's why you've been able to, to raise so much money and get, you know, get, the support you've gotten, even just, just outpouring of support. We can't even, we don't even have enough signs to give everybody because everyone's, everyone wants a yard sign. It's yeah. pretty amazing. Um, it is. fit everyone into all of our events that we have. <laughs> so it's pretty fun doing this with you, but, um, you know, I, I wanted you to speak a little bit to Christians who are maybe kind of on the fence about like, you know, politics is so ugly, you know, like I don't want to associate with that. I don't want to be a part of that. And yet they're seeing more and more Christians stepping up into this arena. What would you say to people like that? Well, you know, I have gotten some of that. And and yeah, politics is ugly because we are going up against um, kind of an ideology that is completely the opposite of Christianity. And uh, he read that passage. I'm trying to remember where it was, but it was about how God is the judge, God is the king. And I can't remember, but it was like the three branches of government. Right. And um, God established the government to as, as, as our part of our dominion. And um, it's, not, it's not intended to be dirty and ugly, but it's gotten that way because we have stepped away mm-hmm. and we have not been good stewards of what we have. People, there are too many Christians that don't even vote. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, that is, a, a, and, and I think that's poor stewardship because that is something that we have been given and we aren't using it. We aren't using it to honor the Lord because not only do we have to have Christians there to vote for, but we have to have those, we have to have support for those Christians from within the church. Mm-hmm. And um, it's tough, but if we don't do it, I mean, look at all the areas that, Christians have stepped out of, you know, we've stepped out of the arts, we've stepped out of politics, mm-hmm. we've stepped out of all of these areas, and we have let um, the enemy basically, you know, the other side that believes very differently than we do, mm-hmm. take control. And, mm-hmm. and now we are, we're living with all of those consequences. And so I think what's happened is a lot of people are waking up and realizing, whoa, how did we get here? Yeah, and we got here because we weren't paying attention. We weren't making an effort and it, it takes effort. It takes work to know, to be informed and to know who to vote for and, and why it's important. And we need to teach our kids that Yeah, it's our civic responsibility. Right. A responsibility because our government was, was supposed to be of the people. That means right. ours, whether we like it or not, whether it's, 
it's all of us and pretty or not, <laughs> it's our, we have to own it. Right. And, right. and I, and I think, you know, some people too, they get this kind of um, false humility thing in their head. Like, because I'm a servant, I'm not going to step up and lead. And, and that's actually not servant hard. That's actually not humble to say, to say no to lead when God's calling you into leadership to say no to that is actually not stewarding what he's given you. Well, you know, I think about people that were called to positions, maybe against their well, look at Moses. Yeah, Moses. Exactly. <laughs> like he, he didn't necessarily want that position, Yeah, but it was because he knew the sacrifice, it, what he was the right person for the job. It's just like what we said before, you know? Um, so there might be some of you who are listening that are reluctant leaders, <laughs> but I'm telling you, we need you. We need you to step into positions, right? And honestly, you know, um, and you know, Lee, you've heard me kind of give the illustration of this being this journey being like having your first child. Um, there's so much that I didn't know when, when you're a first time parent, you don't know so many things. And there's a lot of things people don't tell you because if they told you, you would never, you would never want to be a parent and you get into it and you're overwhelmed and you're thinking, man, if I had known all this, I might not have done it, but then you get through it and you love it and you do it again. And, um, and so, yeah, there's stuff that I didn't, didn't expect, didn't know, but I knew that the Lord knew and he was calling me to do this. And I knew that it was a, it was an act of faith. And that's why I said, stepping out of the boat, because I liken it to Peter, you know, stepping out and walking on the water, doing something that is miraculous, Yeah. but it is not in his strength. And, um, as I walk through this, this is not in my strength. This is the Lord. I, I met with a friend today and, and I was just telling her how the Lord has just covered me over and over, you know, all the stuff that I've been dealing with Lee and, and he just continues to provide. And, um, so it's like, it's scary, but it's, it's also exciting to be yeah. used, you know? And, and, um, when we put ourselves out there and we take that risk, we're saying, I trust you, Lord, and have your way with me. Yeah. And so that's, that's really what I'm trying to do. And, and this is his, whatever the outcome, this is the yeah. Lord's. Yeah. Um, and you know, whatever it is, his will is going to happen, no matter what I do or what I don't do. Right. It will, if it's his will, it will happen. And if it's not, then no matter what I do or don't do, it won't happen. Yeah. And I have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And I, and you know, some people, you know, that you might not be being called to public office at this moment, but even just raising your voice and stating something that's your conviction, you know, like standing behind someone like a Stephanie or, you know, or just, just saying, Hey, how can I help? Like, that that's brave in and of itself, you know, because there can be consequences for that. And, and we, we need to be able to even tolerate no matter what political party you're a part of, you're doing it according to your conviction. And, and that's the most important thing because we might not all agree on every single policy piece as believers even, but yet we, we can, we can support one another in their own convictions and that they're following what they feel like the Lord has called them to. And that's what I think is the most important thing we need to remember as Christians, even if the person is on the other side of the aisle, that you can respect and honor them for what they're doing, that they're actually getting involved and they're actually right. being told about it. Right. Because that takes a lot of courage and bravery, like brave nation. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. and, and I think there's, I think that's what, that's what holds a lot of people back is fear. Mm -hmm. And that is not of the Lord. <laughs> Yeah, um, we have to we have to overcome those fears, and 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 you know that's when 
you know, I've said it before, the struggle is necessary. It's when we get stretched and when we have to go through hard things that we grow. And, and that's where God uses us. And, and, and we see, you know, how big he is mm-hmm. because it seems, it seems so insurmountable, but somehow he does all these things. Yeah. He did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Yeah. And that's what this is. So that's awesome. I wanted to also ask you a little bit about this fun thing of identity politics that we've got going on in our nation right now and all the kind of nuances of it, you know, coming from, you know, as coming from a a black community, you know, all that, what, how do you see the influence of, of identity politics and, and, you know, how do we respond to it or not? Oh, that's a hard one sometimes for me. Um, I guess I just kind of look at things. I don't, I don't see the world that way. Um, you mean in terms of color or. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and you're these, all these different little pockets and groups of identity. I, I feel like that whole um, it, it's kind of part of the whole diversity thing. And yeah, we have a very diverse world, but I, I, I personally, I prefer to focus on the things that we share Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are all made in God's image. We are all loved by God. And um, no matter where, what your background is or what your lifestyle is, or, uh, you know, what your race is or whatever, um, we don't need all those labels. I, I don't think it's healthy. It, it, it divides us. It does not unite us. There's enough that, you know, we're all human and we all uh, want to thrive. We all want to have successful lives and see our children grow up and be safe. And, you know, we, we all have those common things. Um, and if we could focus on those more than these little individual differences that we have, I think it's, I think we can get more done. And I think it, um, there's a, it's more of a community thing because mm-hmm. we do have to work together to accomplish these things. We can't just look to leadership to do everything you know, leadership may set the pace and may um, identify the priorities, but everybody's got to be involved to make these things happen um, mm-hmm. on some level, even if it's just in your own neighborhood, you know, getting to know your neighbors in, in, in your own way, you can make a difference by having relationship with your neighbors mm-hmm. and encouraging them in different ways. So I don't know if that really answers the question. Yeah. Well, you know, like in our day and age, we, we talk about, it used to be that we talked about anti-discrimination as being the solution to all the isms, right? (laughs) Like we have, we don't want to discriminate against women. So we have anti-discrimination to try to treat them the same as you would a man, right? Or, 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 uh, you know, any minority race, whatever it is. Um, But now it seems like instead of anti-discrimination, we have um, like things like affirmative action where it's like you're paying more attention to whether it's your skin color, your gender, all these other things. So, you know, it seems kind of the opposite <laughs> of what we yeah, started well, trying to do. Yeah. And we just sort of, neither one really works that well because we're focusing on the wrong things. And um, I think we're, was it last night we were talking where rather than um, affirmative action, you know, provide scholarships so yeah. that people can go to school or, you know, get, yeah or school choice, you know, where, mm-hmm. where parents can be more involved in choosing where their kids go. And, right. and that would, I think, motivate parents to be more involved and not just push it all off on the school districts and the teachers and the schools, but to have um, their personal stake because it's their children, you mm-hmm. know, and having a voice in their children's education 
instead yeah. of just kind of going along with whatever they're told to do. Right. And so you're talking about empowering individuals, right? Kind of, instead of making decisions for individuals and kind of setting yourself up in government as like, we know better than you kind of thing. Right. Right. Because that's not true. And the thing of it is, when you think about government, it's just individuals. It's just made up of people like you and me. Mm-hmm. And somehow we have elevated those positions into, you know, you don't get some great wisdom or knowledge just because you hold that position. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just regular people right. and they struggle with all the same things that we do. But, um, you know, yeah. we have somehow made it like, oh, they know better than the rest of us. Right. You, can, you can break things down into pretty simple concepts um, it's not as complicated as, as we're led to believe, you know, a lot of things are much simpler when you really think about it, um, how you go about it may be more complicated, but things are not, you know, so hard to understand that the yeah. average person can't do that. And even, even looking at someone's surface level and making assumptions about, oh, you, you know, you're black, you must have this you know, political leaning, or you must be from this economic background or whatever. That's, that may or may not be true. Right. Right. And And it's not not fair. We're judging people, you know, and we, we have not based on just their appearance, you know, or what we see. And, you know, it's like, uh, God judges the heart and we, we shouldn't be judging people. And it, it boxes people in, you know, and I think it can keep us from, having relationships with people and getting to know people because we make assumptions that aren't true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like, um, you know, one side focuses on way more on that than the other, but it does affect everyone when, when we yeah. start focusing on that. And so, you know, that is a reality. The fact that you're a minority person, you know, it's like that, that does impact people, whether you want it to or not, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting, this dynamic here, but I feel like, um, the more people I talk to, the more I realize they really are their own person. Like no matter what race you are, you really have your own ideas. And I think we're learning that as we're going through this crazy tumultuous time, like you got to listen to people before you make, <laughs> yeah. make these assumptions, but, and understand where they're coming from and, and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of see the world from their eyes because people have all different stories and all different, um, you know, I'm always telling my kids, you know, sometimes you have a bad encounter with somebody Mm -hmm. and you feel like it's something you've done. And it's like, you know what, you don't know what they're dealing with. You don't know what happened today. What if they got some kind of bad news, don't assume it's about you and don't, you know, because people are dealing with all kinds of crazy. And sometimes, you know, we may react to somebody inappropriately because we're having a bad day, but that doesn't mean we don't like you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or we're, we're racist or we're, you know, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. We Every, just need a lot of grace. So hyper, everyone's so hypersensitive about everything. Right. Right. Yeah. We just, we have to be more up. gracious. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's really refreshing to hear, you know, and, and yeah, just more love, more unity, more tolerance, really. And understanding right. well, whether they want to wear a mask, they don't want to wear a mask, you know, they're, we're finding so many more things to divide over and that's really not what it's all about. So yeah, um, yeah I appreciate you being like a key, a peace maker <laughs> in the storm of all this. And um, just looking forward to how this plays out. I know no matter how it plays out, we're having fun doing it. <laughs> we are. We're meeting amazing yeah. people. Um, 
Uh, yeah, it's been just such a blessing. So much support and encouragement. Yeah. And there are so many good people out there. And we, you don't even, you don't even think about it until you're, you're kind of out there. Um, so it's just, I, I keep looking at new opportunities keep coming up. And I don't know where the Lord is taking this, but there is change on the horizon. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm excited. Um, it, it's easy for us to look at the condition of our world and our country and just feel defeated or kind of hopeless. And it's like, no, no, that is not the way the Lord wants us to see it. We need to work hard and um, try to gain the ground that we've lost for our children. We don't know when the Lord's going to return. Mm-hmm. And it, every generation has believed it would be in their lifetime since mm-hmm. Jesus walked, mm-hmm. you know? So if he tarries, we want to make sure that we are setting our kids up for a good future as well. You yeah. know, we've had such privilege in this country and we don't want to lose that. Right. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it's, it's just, um, it's great to see you stepping up and I know, you know, it's a, it's a scary time for people, but I feel like it's also an exciting time that the church is kind of, um, shaking off the dust a little bit and going, wow, like this, I've seen pastors step up and, and get involved in more ways, more and more pastors than, than they have before, because they're always worried about this crossing this line or whatever. And I think there is a healthy line, you know, to have, um, with your church and, and let people make their own decisions, but also like, just let's be more vocal about, about where we stand on. And especially on issues like, like, moral issues, especially, and then, you know, be tolerant of how people are doing it. I think the, how is so important. Like it's not just that you're stepping up to the plate, but it's how you're doing it. I know there've been, you know, like we don't want to cross a line into a certain kind of mudslinging that you see in every day. And I think we can, as more kind of kingdom people rise up that they're not just Christians, but they're actually wanting to integrate the kingdom into their, um, campaign or whatever they're doing, whether it's, it's, it's a secular thing, so to speak, but they're, they're working those kingdom principles in. So they're not violating their conscience and they're actually using, um, just asking the Holy spirit to help them, even as they're doing something like that seems like it shouldn't have God in it, you know, (laughs) like they're doing, they're actually, um, doing it, not how the world would do it, you know, not how it would look on the surface to do it, but really, um, holding those convictions strong. And that's what I appreciate about you too, that you really want to hold that line and do it the right way, not just for the right purpose, but the right way. And that's really awesome. So anything else you want to throw out there? Just, you know, encouraging people to get involved um, at whatever level, there's something every single person can do, even if it's just telling somebody else, make sure you vote. Um, we, people died for us to have the right to vote and we take it for granted. And a lot of people don't even bother, you know, um, Mm -hmm. it's a powerful tool that we have. Yeah. It's stewarding, stewarding our own influence. Well, yes, God gave us that. I mean, it's not in every country, right? Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, the fact that we've been given this is amazing. Like if, if the apostle Paul were here today and he was writing a letter to us, (laughs) I think he'd be like, make sure you vote. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here today and we'll just keep working on this. You guys can stay tuned. <laughs> Thank you, Lee. All right. Bye.